0: Oh, what a great time of worship. I had to dry the tears off of my face before I came up here. I was just so powerful to hear God moving, to feel God moving. And I just love hearing the body of Christ singing together. Not, we have amplification, we've got loud bass, we've got electric guitars, we've got drums going on, but to hear you singing adds the element that is missing when we come together and worship. It's the key part, it's what you bring into worship, and so just so great to worship together with you. We are in the series called Beyond Our Walls, and it's so awesome to think about over these last several weeks just how many different ways and in, in places and spaces that we are the church, not just when we gather here. What we do here is so important. As Tim said, this is the beginning of the week. It's how we launch what we do throughout the week. It sets the tone. It sets the pace. And we go from here, though, impacting the world around us. And we are the church when we are not in this space. And so all the different ways that we've been looking at, whether it's in our community serving like we did on the church's left the building Sunday, when it's partnering with our local partners, when it's in your homes, when it's in your workplaces, in the schools where we're at, when we go to the places in the world, that's where we are the church and so I'm excited today as we, we're going to talk about what it means to be the church beyond these walls globally, to we to know that we can have a difference, that we can make a difference in the world around us, far reaches of the world. We have some great partnerships that we've had over the years as, as Meadow Park... Um, connecting with different, different organizations. Right now, three of our key partnerships that we have is um, Heart for Lebanon, where we serve with a great organization and connect with them in, in Lebanon as they're reaching out to refugees and all the crisis and challenge that is happening in Lebanon. We work with Heart to Honduras, where we've had, again, a long-standing relationship, reaching out there to that Central American nation and and the country there. Wonderful partnerships where we're trying to invest into a specific village over a long period of time. And COVID has kind of halted that, and we want to restart that again to really invest in this village over a long period of time. And a third partner that we have that is critical, and we're going to be hearing more about that today, is Children of Promise. Children of Promise that, that ministers and cares for and brings wholeness to children all throughout the world in 30-plus countries, 30 countries working on some more. You'll hear some more details, but a lot of it is primarily through child sponsorship. And Meadow Park, over the years, has sponsored so many different children and we hope to continue that passion for the church and connecting with this wonderful organization. And so this morning, we have um, a, a family here. Mike is going to be sharing. Mike Webb, Mike and Heather Webb, are here with their two daughters, Maddie and Libby. Uh, Libby is three months old. Maddie's 11. We're so glad. He's, I think you guys are a team. I mean, I saw them working together, setting up. and It is so great to see that. And, and Mike, come on up here. I want to welcome, welcome Mike Webb to the to platform. <laughs> Mike, it's great to have you here. I've known Mike for uh, quite a few years, and uh, I've got to serve alongside his brothers in a couple different capacities as well over the years, and, uh, and it's been great. You've been in this role for about three years now, and, um, and has really brought some new life and energy into what's happening with Children of Promise. You just had some adventures. I won't take those away from you. You're going to share those, but he's hot off of a long trip in Africa, and they just got back earlier this week, and they're back already here today serving. And so Just uh, give Mike a really warm welcome, and let's hear what he has to share from Children of Promise. It's Mike, Thanks, welcome. Mark.
1: Appreciate that. It is, um, it's a joy to be here with you. Uh, as Pastor Mark shared, um, Meadow Park has been a part of the Children of Promise family for quite some time, and um, one of our longest serving board members, uh, Dale Van Hoos, is from this very church and has managed to, yeah, I mean, thank you. He has, he has helped shape the trajectory of Children of Promise as a board member for a long time and has also uh, been able to get a lot of you here as sponsors for children all over the world in those 30 plus countries uh, that, that Pastor Mark referred to. Um, So I just want to start by saying thank you. We're so thankful to be here, to be in partnership with you, and this morning to be able to tell you about this last month, which was incredible and uh, exciting, and also to kind of give you... um, Maybe just a reminder of the vision that we have as an organization, the the goals, the mission that we have as an organization, so that you can feel really connected, um, not just to what we're doing through sponsorship, but as a body, as a family, to what God is doing through this incredible organization. I want to say a special thanks also to those youth who were just at IYC. Children of Promise was very blessed to be one of the organizations that received financially from all of that giving and from the 5K Um, We are uh, kind of in a new developing partnership with IYC through that, and we're so grateful for all of you youth who went out and ran and attended that and gave faithfully and generously to those offerings. That's helping us pay our bills and get things done to bring wholeness to kids all over the world. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Before I start telling stories, um, I want to read a passage to you. I want to kind of bookend My message this morning um, with a passage from Galatians chapter 6. So if you've got your Bibles or your phones or wherever, if you want to go to Galatians chapter 6, verses, I'm going to read like verses 9 and 10. Um, But before I read the verse, I also want to just mention that um, what Pastor Mark was just talking about, the church beyond the walls, the the vision, the mission, the goal of being a part of the church beyond the the walls of this particular building or this community um, fits really well within the context of this passage in Galatians because Paul is writing to a group of believers in Galatia who are not necessarily Jews. They're not the people who were raised in the synagogue. They are people who are relatively new to following Christ, and he's reminding them and encouraging them to walk in faith and to expand their own boundaries and, um, and to love one another well. And uh, just before this passage of scripture, the section that he talks about in the letter to the, to the Galatian church is bear with each other in the burdens that you have. It's, it's to support one another. It's to lift each other up. It's to undergird each other. I should have looked at the clock. It's 11. Okay. Um, <laughs> when I get preaching, you know. <laughs> um, so then after all that, and this is at the very end of his letter of encouragement, of support, of like trying to fire up these people for gospel witness, he says, and let us not grow weary of doing good. I love that verse. I've been thinking about this a lot over the last couple of weeks and and even shared it with, we just had an an incredible gathering over three days with all of the directors for Children of Promise in Africa. All of our programs are run by Africans in their own countries. We had a meeting with all of these people together. And as we're hearing stories and sharing uh, burdens, just like it's talking about in this passage, Um, We prayed for one another, and I closed our time by saying, let us not grow weary in doing good, because what we are doing is good. I'm here to tell you what Children of Promise is doing around the world is good, and it's good because of what God is doing through it. Let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. I love that passage of Scripture. Let us not grow weary in doing good. Did you know that Meadow Park Church is a part of a network of churches that exists in over 90 countries? More than 90 countries are a part of this family, this specific family. Really, even more, because in the Church of God, we believe if you believe in Jesus, you're a part (laughs) If you are following Jesus, you're a part of our family. But the Church of God exists in over 90 countries with missionaries in a bunch of those places. And there are over 800,000 Church of God congregants outside of the United States and Canada. It's more than three times the size of the Church of God in the United States and Canada. There's way more Church of God outside of the U.S. and Canada than there is here in our backyard. And the reality is that many of those countries live in some pretty rough places and and have some pretty rough lives. And so part of our goal in Children of Promise is to be in partnership with the rest of the family of the Church of God and to try to do our best to help bring wholeness and hope and dreams to the children of the Church of God in all of those places. So we're located in 30 countries currently, sort of 31, (laughs) um... And we're in in conversation with three more countries uh, who have asked us to come and to help them uh, to establish Children of Promise programs through sponsorship where we can bring wholeness to to kids um, through that. And so we're working on it. We're doing it. But I want to just come back to that idea. Let's not grow weary in doing good. We're just coming out of a season of global turmoil and not even coming out we're still in it (laughs) in a lot of ways aren't we there's global turmoil happening and and just recently we've we've um we've had a difficult time doing our international travel doing our international work because COVID had us grounded here in the united states and a huge part of what we do as an organization is to travel to each of those countries and to interview every sponsored child at least once every three years and we do that so that we can stay in relationship with those children, so that we can we can uh, come back here and speak to sponsors and say, you know, your kids are doing great. They're in church. They're in school. They're being well-fed. They're being taken care of. They're being nurtured by the body. And so we want to be there to interview them, to interact with them, to interact with the directors, to know that they're doing well. And we we weren't able to do that for almost like two years. We couldn't travel. Um, and... There, there's just been this feeling lately, as we've been re-engaging with, with travel, I just keep reminding myself of this passage, do not grow weary in doing good, because it's been a little wearisome <laughs> these last few years. All of the stuff going on in the world that makes it hard for us to do our work, that makes us hard to, to see peace emerging uh, in so many places, it's, um, it's easy to grow weary Let us not grow weary in doing good because we are doing good things. God is doing good things through Children of Promise and through his people in the church of God. Uh, As a part of this last month, as I was in Tanzania, Heather and I were missionaries in Tanzania. By the way, my wife, Heather, is the co-executive director of Children of Promise. It's not just me. We do this together, uh, and we love working as a family. We've worked as a couple in ministry for 20-plus years now, and it's a joy, but typically I'm the one with the microphone. (laughs) But I want to acknowledge her. She's uh, an amazing leader in this ministry as well. But over this last month, as we were back in Tanzania, a home place for us where we served as missionaries for a lot of years, um, one of the things that we did were, well, we spent the first two weeks just interviewing kids as a part of our regular, you know, traveling to different places and interviewing the kids. So we spent two weeks interviewing literally hundreds of kids nearly 500 children were interviewed over the course of those two weeks by us and some volunteers who traveled with us it was amazing the ministry in in tanzania through children of promise is strong and doing really well we followed that up with a week of what a, a very a brand new program that we're calling global learning forum where we, again, as I mentioned briefly, we brought all of the directors of Children of Promise from all over Africa. We're in nine different countries in Africa right now and talking to two more, three more, um, to start new programs. And they all, every single one of them, came to Tanzania to Arusha to this meeting where we could share stories and pray with one. Another. And it was amazing. Uh, I might talk about that again in a minute if I don't run out of time. <laughs> Um, and then uh, the last week, we did something kind of crazy where Kyle Hayes, who's one of our colleagues in the uh, international office in Anderson, he and I, with six guests, climbed Mount Kilimanjaro, and we did it as... Uh, this is my second time climbing Mount Kilimanjaro. I'm crazy enough to try to do it twice, and um, it was an amazing experience, and we did it as a way of just kind of drawing attention to Children of Promise that we can do hard things um, because... We have God on our side, and we use it as a way of fundraising. All the participants who joined us on the climb raised money to be able to do it so that Children of Promise could continue to expand and grow and develop. And it was an amazing thing. And I, and I, I bring that up because um, there was something interesting that happened, or a couple of uh, interesting things that were sort of like uh, lessons to me. On, on the trail, climbing up Kilimanjaro. It takes six days to do it. So we summited Mount Kilimanjaro on day five and then uh, finished completely on day six. It was super cold. It's a glacier on the top, um, but an amazing experience. But because you have to climb such high altitude, the, the peak is 19,341 feet. That's pretty high. Um, and uh, it gets hard to breathe after like, 12 or 13,000 feet, and then you've got a few more days of hiking. Um, and so, generally, the way that you succeed at it is you go really slow. Tanzania likes to use the phrase pole pole, it just means slowly. And everything in Tanzania is pole pole. <laughs> <laughs> you go slow. But by going slowly, you accomplish something fantastic. So every day, it always got me giggling at the beginning of every day, the the guides who were directing us uh, up the trail, up to the peak, they would say, all right, is everybody ready? Let's go. (laughs) That's about as fast as we walked for six days. (laughs) And it was still hard. seven of eight of us made it to the top and we made it pole pole but we did something hard and we did it because we believe that it was an example of what we do in ministry that we do hard things that god equips us to do hard things and uh, he can get us to the top Um, i love chameleons have any of you ever seen a chameleon a live chameleon We they have them in tanzania they're really interesting little lizards and that's about how they move too they do this That's about as fast as they move. Their eyes look in both directions. They change colors depending on their surroundings. I love chameleons because to me they're another like example um, for me to think about in my own life: about being adaptable, putting one foot in front of the other no matter how fast towards a goal. They're purposeful in their movement, they don't waste any energy. Um And they just keep plugging away. They just keep going away. So slowly as we made it up that mountain, um, there was moments of weariness when we couldn't breathe, or when a couple of our teammates were getting altitude sickness, or when our legs and muscles were just tired from that much walking and that much climbing, and the last day is so steep, and it's over snow and rocks and ice and sand, and it's hard. It's a hard thing to do, but... Um, but we made it. And so my I want to start this morning by saying, yes, we've been in a hard season of life. There's always hard things that happen in life. The children that are ministered to through the work of Children of Promise experience a lot of hardship in their life, but we can do hard things through Christ who gives us strength. And let us not grow weary in the good things that we're doing, because it's good. It's worth it. It's still difficult, but it's possible. Let us not grow weary and doing good. Children of Promise is truly good. We're going to keep walking, even slowly. <laughs> um, that was a little bit longer intro than I was planning. Uh, our mission as an organization is um, to make wholeness possible for children to make wholeness possible for children. If you follow us on social media, if you watch our YouTube videos, if you hear us talk, you'll hear us use that word wholeness an awful lot. And it comes from the idea of shalom, of completeness, of peace that we find in Scripture. It's the idea that when, we are, uh, when our needs are met, when, we have, when we're walking with Christ and our needs are met, we experience a wholeness that's unlike anything we can experience in the world. And that's what we want for the children who are sponsored. We want their physical needs to be met. We want them to be able to go to school. We want them to have good food to eat. We want them to have health care when they need it. We want them to be nurtured in the body of Christ so that they can experience a life of wholeness. And that's really what our mission is as an organization. And we do that um, through uh, this, our little tagline, through ministry that is locally shaped and globally supported locally shaped and globally supported what's interesting about children of promise and it's something that sort of sets us apart is um every program around the world looks a little bit different we don't have a plug-and-play model that is exactly the same in every location because you know what the culture is different in every location and the context of ministry that needs to be carried out is different in every location. So what we do and what we're currently doing in these new countries where we're about to start programs is we're sitting down and having meetings with the directors of the people, the, the people who will be the directors of those programs. And we're saying, this is generally what we do. We try to provide resources so that kids can have these things in their life and experience wholeness in their life. It takes a little bit of a burden off of the parents. It enables those kids to have a future that otherwise might not have been possible for them. What does that look like for you in your country? How do we get that done? If we want to make sure that the kids are educated, well-fed, have health care, and are nurtured in the local church, what shape will that take here locally in a way that makes sense? And then we design the program from there. So all the programs have the same goal, but they all look a little bit different because we want them to fit within the context of that place. Um, At our meeting in Tanzania, uh, one of the special things that we did was we had all the directors share a proverb from their own country and explain to us the significance of that proverb. Um, We did that because proverbs are a big deal in a lot of places in Africa, and they're a way that people disseminate wisdom to one another, and so the the Ghanaian leader, the the man from Ghana who was there, uh, our assistant director uh, for the program in Ghana, I'm not going to try to say it in Twi. That's the language they speak there. I, I I tried to read it. I couldn't even read it. Um, but he, basically, the proverb that he shared is a good beginning makes a good end. A good beginning makes a good end. Basically, what what that means uh, from his perspective is. If you've got an end in mind, then you need to make sure that you take the proper steps at the beginning to lead you in the direction of that end that you want to achieve. That if you start well, if you start strong, then you can, you, you can more easily achieve the ends that you have in mind. And that's, that's kind of really the backdrop of why we want to be globally supported but locally shaped. So that we have a good beginning where the children's needs are met in a way that makes sense locally so that it can be sustainable long term. Um, one of the things that, uh, that Eugene, that, that uh, director in, in Ghana, said is it reminds him of that phrase, a journey of a thousand miles starts with one step. But he said, I don't really agree with that. It's not just that a journey starts with one step. It starts with one step in the right direction if 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 I if the journey is a thousand miles that way and I take a step this way, it's not getting me anywhere near my goal. He's like, a, a journey of a, a thousand miles starts with one step in the right direction. I just, I love that kind of turn of phrase that he shared with us because it got me thinking about this locally shaped model. We want to make sure that we're taking proper steps in the right direction so that kids can experience wholeness in their lives. Um. I mentioned it briefly, but we do that through what we call the core four. So when you sponsor a child, the $32 a month uh, that you you give, it's $384 for the year. It it goes to ensure that that child is in school, that that child has food to eat, nutritious food to eat, that that child has access to health care when they need it, and that they're nurtured in a local church. This is something else that kind of sets us apart. Um, we don't set up a Children of Promise office in another country and then operate out of that office with uh, with a staff. What, what we do is we partner with pastors and lay leaders in the Church of God congregations around the world and empower them to do ministry in their own communities. So they nurture the kids. It's the pastors and the pastor's wives and the lay leaders and the parents and the Sunday school teachers and the worship leaders and the youth pastors who are ministering to the needs of the children in their community, making sure that their needs are met. It's really, really cool. (laughs) And they all do it by volunteer basis. They don't get paid to do it. They do it because they feel called to do it, because they believe in it, and they see the impact of it. We do it through the core four to make sure that kids experience wholeness. You know, when we start new programs in new countries, generally we ask them about what kind of needs they feel. <coughs> excuse me, what kind of needs they uh, they feel need met, and um, with education, you know what the two biggest roadblocks to kids getting an education are: school fees and school uniforms. If they, had their fee, if they had money to pay fees and if they had money to buy a school uniform, they'd be able to go to school. But because they don't, they can't. So, it's, so a sponsorship in that way is hugely empowering to get kids to be able to get an education just by making sure they've got a school uniform on their back and that their fees are paid so they can attend. Um, it's something relatively simple, and it's not a lot of money for us every month, but it makes an enormous difference and the lives of those children around the world. Um, When kids don't have to worry about their next meal, when they don't have to worry about whether or not their school fees will be paid, when they don't have to worry about how detrimental their next illness is going to be, when they have a supportive community, they can truly flourish. Those kids develop character and gratitude and agency in their lives. When, when children first start out in sponsorship, wh- when we do our interviews, we always ask them kind of the same questions, um, and one of the questions we ask is, when you get older, when you finish school, what would you like to do with your life? What would you like to be? What kind of work would you like to do? And the young kids and the new kids who have never been in sponsorship generally really struggle to answer that question. They'll, they'll kind of hem and haw a little bit, and they won't really know exactly what to say, but the kids who have been in the program for a little while have big dreams. And they have big dreams because they've seen their other friends achieve those things. We're now hearing, we're 30 years old as an organization, we're now hearing stories of kids who have become college professors, who have become doctors, who've become pastors, nurses, mechanics, who have patents with agricultural uh, ministries in their governments. I mean, amazing, amazing things. We've got a blind kid in Myanmar who's a worship leader and travels around and I mean, it's just incredible the kind of stories that we hear. And the kids who've been in the program have dreams to be fashion designers and mechanics and teachers and pastors. And they see the lives of the adults who are caring for them. And they see the lives of the children who have gone through sponsorship, achieve incredible things because they have experienced wholeness in their lives. And they believe that they can do it. It might take them a while. They might walk pole-pole, and they might grow weary along the way, but they can do it. They can do hard things, and God will be strengthening them to do those hard things. We just want to be involved. Um, what was my next slide? Can you go to the next one? That's the core four. Let's go one more. I love this, uh, this graphic because it kind of gives you an example of the holistic nature of what we do. Uh, I just not know really really where to stand, so you can all see it. But um, This is basically, in one graphic, everything that we do as an organization. We want to make wholeness possible through education, nutrition, health care, and discipleship. Those things look a little bit different in each country, depending on the context of that country. Access to school, uniforms, fees, scholarships, school supplies, ongoing care for health, uh, emergency care, dental, eye care, Um, surgeries as they're needed when they come up, Uh, nutrition through regular food or clean water, um, discipleship in the safe environment of the local church. Um, And then these outside are all the ways that we try to help do it. Through regular sponsorship, your $32 a month makes that possible. Through um, our Making It All Happen Fund, which is our general operational support to make sure that our office can continue to run to do all of this. Uh, is one way our emergency fund is how we respond to natural disasters it's how we respond to kids who break their arms and their sponsorship funds isn't enough for resetting it or whatever we send emergency funds to do it and then the gap fund which you may have heard us talk about in the past or if you follow us on social media we talk a lot about it because it's a new thing if you don't feel that you're you're able to do um Uh, A sponsorship every month you can give to the gap fund and all of that money goes to pre-sponsoring kids sponsoring kids who have lost their sponsors or providing scholarships to kids who have graduated and have opportunities to go to university and other things it's incredible I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about this morning because I'll go off uh, spending way too much time Um, but this is how this is how we do it this is our holistic approach to making sure that kids experience wholeness um, through the support that we can send them. <clears throat> we'll go ahead and skip, um, skip the next sponsorship, and I want to go to travel. We just got back from a month in Tanzania. As I mentioned earlier, for a couple of years, we weren't able to do a whole lot of traveling. Uh, we, were, we were not able to continue visiting all of those countries, but we're now starting to do a bunch of travel, and we want you to come along. We want you to join us on those trips so you can interview kids. If you sponsor a child in such and such a country and you want to go and meet that child, then let us know and we'll get you on on the schedule to travel with us when we go to that place. Um, And uh, we're now trying to get back into our routine of visiting and interviewing every child every three years uh, in all of those countries where we're at work. And the rest of this year, we've still got trips to um, Ecuador, Malawi and Zambia, Bangladesh, Nepal, um, Philippines. I think that's it for the rest of the year. And then we've got a bunch more that are just kind of in the process of planning for next year. So if you're interested, you want to see what it looks like for kids to, re- to experience sponsorship on the ground. You want to visit their homes. You want to interview them, interact with them, meet the directors who are doing all this work. Uh, we would love for you to come along with us um, and see it for yourself. Um, and then the the last slide I have before I want to uh, close with a, a story is um, we've got a great team of people who tell the story of Children of Promise. And the primary avenues for us to tell the story are online. We we try to make sure that we take lots of pictures and we tell lots of stories on Facebook and on Instagram. And we have a YouTube channel as well where we have a video newsletter every single month where you can watch Um, us talk about what's happening around the world in Children of Promise, where you can learn about new initiatives, new ideas, upcoming trips, all those things. So you can probably even from there scan the little QR code if you want. Um, We just encourage you to follow us. Follow along, comment, like, share, participate. Um, We definitely want you to sponsor. We definitely want you to give to the Gap Fund. We definitely want you to give to making it all happen in the emergency fund. But we also just want you to be aware of the story and to help us continue to tell it far and wide so that more and more and more people will get involved with us. Um, So follow us on those socials, watch our videos, and and share those things. I want to close with a story of a young, a young boy that I met in uh, Tanzania. It was up in the mountains, a little town called Mbulu. His name is Daudi Danueli. And um, immediately this boy stood out to me. I had, by this time in interviews, I had already done hundreds <laughs> of interviews. So after you've done hundreds of interviews, I'll be honest, it gets a little tedious. Um, and sometimes the questions... Are a little bit more quick, and you maybe aren't paying as close attention as you should, and so sometimes you got to take a break and refresh yourself. But Daudi came after all of these hundreds of interviews, and he sat down in front of me, and I asked him just generally his name and age so that we could make sure our records are correct. And it immediately I recognized that he had an extremely bad stutter. It took him—I'm not joking—30 seconds to pronounce his name. It was a very, very bad stutter. He was 16 years old, and because of his stutter, he was unable to continue going to traditional school because um, the limitations for him to be able to participate in class and to do the things that were required of him in high school, he just couldn't, he couldn't do it. He was unable to do it. Um, and what I love about his story, though, is Children of Promise didn't give up on him because he had a stutter or because... He uh, couldn't keep going to typical school. Instead of going to regular school, the directors of that local area said, you know what would be great for him is if he learned a trade where he didn't have to speak, (laughs) where he didn't have to. um, You know what's interesting too, this little side note, but he can sing without any trouble. I think that's so cool. He he, he told me his favorite thing to do in church is to sing. He loves to sing and praise and, and participate in the praise and worship which I just think is amazing. But we we sent him to a tailoring school so that he could learn how to sew and start his own sewing business and make a life for himself as a tailor uh, with his own business and uh, making clothing and and different things for his his community. And one of the other questions that we always ask kids uh, in these interviews is, Is there anything that happened over this last year that really made you happy? What's the best thing you experienced over this last year? Trying to elicit some some fun stories of, of ways that God has been at work in their life. And he couldn't answer my question, but he got this big beaming smile on his face. And his dad was sitting next to him, helping him to answer some of the questions. They knew what some of the questions were ahead of time and so his dad piped in and with a big smile on his face his dad is a pastor of a local congregation a village church near there and he said his favorite thing this last year that happened was he um for the very first time after all of his sewing classes he learned how to make dresses and he made a dress for a little girl uh in in one of the um, areas near where where he was uh, living and the family loved the dress so much that they bought the dress from him, and it was the very first time that he did something on his own and sewed it and sold it and made a little bit of money, and he was just, like, ecstatic. Kid couldn't go to school. He could barely speak to me, even though he was friendly and we had a good rapport, but God is not done with him. God has big plans for him, and... Um, It's such a joy for Heather and I to be in a ministry where we get to see stories like that all the time of kids whose lives are being made whole because their needs are being met. Um, Something as simple as trying to troubleshoot, this kid can't go to high school, but what options are there? (laughs) What can he do? What what could we do to make sure that God continued to use him and, and work through him? I just loved it. My biggest regret from the trip is that I didn't take a picture with him. <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking. I had, I was tired by that time, and I didn't get a picture with him. But um, I just want to close by saying that Children of Promise is a ministry that gives children hope to dream for the future. It gives them hope for second chances, hope for third chances. It teaches them perseverance. You know, in a lot of the world where the Church of God exists, there is extreme poverty. And one of the consequences or the outcomes of poverty is, um, is the idea of fatalism. You've heard of that word, fatalism? Fatalism basically means that you kind of just believe that whatever is, it's just going to be that way. There's not a whole lot I can do to change it. So whatever my lot in life is, it was fated to be that way. There's, there's very little personal agency to change your story to change your um, surroundings to advance to grow to develop Um, in a lot of poor places there just is this strong sense of fatalism what i love about children of promise is that it removes that and gives hope and dreams and agency for kids to do something incredible in their lives Um, god is at work and This was a tiring month, but I am not weary. (laughs) I am not growing weary in the good that we are doing because Children of Promise is doing great things. Let me just read that verse one more time. Let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. Heather and I and our girls are going to be out at our table out here uh, after the service. If you want to learn more, you want to hear more stories, um, you wanna see pictures, you wanna sponsor a child, you wanna buy a t-shirt, buy a hat, if you wanna any anything, if you wanna know more about it, please come and chat with us. We'd sure love to, we'd sure love to get to know you and and tell you all about it. Um, if you're interested in traveling with us, we'll get your name on a list, and you will hear about those trips that are upcoming, and you can join in whenever you're ready, uh, and we'll be, we'll be happy for you to come along. Let me close in prayer. Lord, we love you. We recognize that um, with you, we can, we can do hard things. We do those hard things, not on our own power, but because you equip us to do them. And Lord, we recognize that uh, it is good to be in your presence. It's good to have our needs met. And we here in the U.S., uh, we can do something about that for kids around the world. Um, Lord, we thank you for Children of Promise. We thank you for the idea of sponsorship. We thank you for the, the stories of lives changed, impacted because of those resources that are sent far and wide. We pray, God, for you to continue to develop the ministry, that you continue to raise up more kids, more pastors, more directors, more sponsors, more staff members to make wholeness possible to more and more and more and more kids because you love them and you see them and we have something that we can do about that as your your body here in this world. I thank you for this church. I thank you for uh, Pastor Mark and his leadership, for the other staff of this place who are leading this church to think outside the boundaries of the walls of this building, outside the boundaries of the township that they live in or the city that they live in, but to think about their place in this great big world of ours um, where we have family members thousands and thousands and thousands of miles away who speak other languages and live differently than us but still have needs and are still known and loved by you. Help us to um, find new ways to engage in relationship in those places uh, so that we can be your hands and feet, not just here, of course here, but also in those far-flung places in the world. We pray all these things in the precious name of Jesus, who is our Lord and who guides us and gives us passion and energy and lives in us and through us.